Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Heart Health is a local call-in health show designed to educate and inform you of the most up-to-date information for not only maintaining a healthy heart, but a healthy body. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. And please do that today. Pick up the phone if you've got a question about something that you talked to your doctor about and you would like a further explanation, this is an excellent time for you. 919-860-9783. I am Dave Alexander. This is Dr. Franklin Weefold. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much. We're here and we're ready to roll. We've got a couple of things that we need to deal with. We need to just get on and get off because it, it, we we always handle the news of the day, the medical news of yeah. the day. And this week... Former Senator Kay Hagan died. An otherwise healthy woman, former Senator Kay Hagan suffered from encephalitis or brain inflammation brought on by the Powassan virus. It all started with a tick bite in 2016. We're in the 21st century, doctor. Yeah. Um, we're not supposed to be dying from a bug bite. Well, and you know, this is the thing that I think everyone needs to know and that the complaints are always, why haven't we found a vaccine for this? Right. And, you know, the AIDS virus, uh, why don't we have a vaccine for it? Well, viruses are incredibly complex things. Some people even argue they're not living creatures. Basically, they're proteins. You know, we all know what a protein is. It's what meat's made out of surrounding DNA. That's it. Yeah. And so it's very complex structure. Some of them even don't even have DNA. They have what's called RNA. And so they're, they're vectors. And what does that mean? They go from one living being to the next. They spew out their virus. It gets into cells mainly and well, for only so that they can recreate and produce new viruses. So they're parasites. But they're like just chemical parasites, so it's very difficult. So the Powassa virus is a flavivirus. I don't, it's just what they call it. And it's incredibly complex. Some of these viruses are huge. Some of them are very small. But the reason why it's called a Powassa virus is the first person ever diagnosed with it came from Powassa, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Now, Kay Hagan was a really good person, um, a senator. She got defeated uh, in the last election. And then she got sick. And what this virus does is it invades the brain and it tries to reproduce itself in the brain. And then your body tries to fight it off and it right. causes inflammation. So this is called encephalitis. So it adds to, and I'm going to be quite frank. Yeah. I'm, I'm always frank. Yes. But I never heard of it. I mean, I hadn't heard of it. It's one of the few things that uh, in, in my medical career, because it's so rare, but it's about... of the people who get it recover completely. And so your body fights off this virus trying to reproduce itself in your brain. And then about 10% die because the immune reaction is so intense. Now, the the care is only supportive. Um, You know, you try to keep them alive by giving IV fluids and supporting their immune system. Sometimes they give, in these situations, corticosteroids at high doses, immune suppressors, because basically the damage to the brain is caused by your own immune immune system trying to kill the virus. Mm -hmm. And um, she got it in 2016, and she had permanent damage. And then um, they haven't really released, and I think it's fine because the family wants privacy, the exact cause of death, but certainly she suffered from this virus. Now, we know that ticks can be dangerous, and the reason why is the tick hops from one creature to the next, Mm -hmm. and the blood is mixed. The ticks are what we call bloodsuckers. They're vampires. Yeah. 
and the blood, therefore, coming from one individual animal or human, mm-hmm. gets gets imparted to the next person. So we have Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever, which we don't have a cure for. There is Lyme disease, which we do, um, antibiotics, because Lyme is not a virus. It is a bacteria. And we now know so much more about how to kill bacteria than we do about viruses because the viruses are much more primitive and yet complex. And then there's tularemia, which is another bacterial infection. We can kill that. And then there's ehrlichosis, and I've never seen a case of that. So add on top of that the Powassa virus. Now, what does this mean for our listeners? Please. Tick bites are, are usually harmless. Yeah. The biggest thing to worry about is if you start to get high dose, high dose, high fevers yeah. and neck stiffness, you've got to see your physician right away. The other thing, the key thing to Lyme, although it's not always present, is something called the target rash. Where So it, right around where the tick bites, mm-hmm. you get a ring of, of redness. It looks like a target. And that is pretty... Um, specific for Lyme. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, uh, Carolyn Sue Hoggard has given me permission. I just diagnosed her in her last week. She mm-hmm. had a tick bite. She had that classic rash and she didn't do anything about it for several weeks. Came in with a foggy mind. That was the biggest thing she talked about. She just felt foggy yeah. and she had palpitations. So the Lyme spirochete had gotten into her brain and had gotten into her heart. So we started immediate treatment with uh, a antibiotic um, we call her Rosefin, and we gave it to her for a week and a half intramuscularly. I just gave the injection. She came in. Yeah. We put her on doxycycline, and within a week, she was much better. So pay attention to tick bites, but the number one thing is don't try to diagnose yourself. Go to your physician mm-hmm. and find out if you have a serious illness. Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever and Lyme and ehrlichosis and tularemia can all be diagnosed by blood tests. I, I and, was in my doctor's office because I felt punky. Yeah. This uh, almost immediately after we finished last week's show. Yeah. And by Wednesday, I was in there, and that was one of the questions he asked. Did you get, have you located a tick on yeah. you? Uh-huh. Did you get bit by a tick? Yeah. And the other thing is, you it's hunters yeah. and nature lovers and walkers. And this is the other thing. You know, nobody wants to kill Bambi's mother anymore, but we're in some places overrun by deer, Mm -hmm. especially in the liberal enclaves of Long Island. Yeah. Yeah. They, they stopped killing deer because they didn't want to kill Bambi's mother. Yeah. And what happened? I don't know. A huge outbreak of Lyme disease. So, you know, you have to ask yourself who's more important, Bambi's mom or the human being. Let's talk about a guy who was in the news and then he died. Oh in, my gosh! And he was he was in the news because apparently he was a sex trafficker. He brought women into the country. And Not women, girls. Girls. All right. Yes. To uh, Jeffrey Epstein died a, a couple of months ago, and he was alone in his cell. Here's a here's something new from Fox News this week. Brand new claims about Jeffrey Epstein's death. Famed forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Bodden saying evidence from his autopsy points more to homicide than suicide. There are multiple three fractures in the hyoid bone, the thyroid cartilage, that are very unusual for suicide and more uh, uh, indicative of strangulation, homicidal strangulation. Now, you know those bones. You know, yeah. you know that you had to study this. Yeah. Even and though so, you don't do 
I'm autopsy. not a pathologist, yeah, and right. I'm not a forensic pathologist, so I have to rely on the consultations I have with pathologists. And, you know, this guy is not a fly-by-nighter. Um, this Dr. Baden, uh, right. or Baden, he was a Manhattan um, a federal uh, official. I mean, he looked into homicide. Yeah. I mean, he's looked into the, and he was consulted on the O.J. Simpson case. He was consulted on the mm-hmm. John F. Kennedy murder, Martin Luther King, Phil Spector. So this guy is not going to be saying something unless he has real feelings about it that are based on medical diagnoses. Right. And he, he, he said in 50 years, and he has examined multiple suicides by hanging. He'd never seen this. And in 50 years, when he has seen these types of fractures in the neck bones, it's been homicidal strangulation. So am I saying it was a homicidal strangulation? No. What I'm saying is it's much, much more likely that these types of fractures are found in homicidal strangulations than these types of fractures are found in suicides. Now, how do they claim he did it? They claim that he hung a bed sheet somehow across two structures, which they can't tell which structures they are, and then pressed his own neck into the bed sheet. He didn't hang himself. He pressed his own neck into the bed sheet until he suffocated and died. I don't know about that. It seems so unusual because, you know, you've got to have such willpower to keep going. As you know, you're strangling and then just keep going until you pass out. When you hang yourself, Mm -hmm. that's it. You got no choice after you kick the stool out from underneath because the thing's around your neck and it's tight around your neck. Oh, my. You know, the cameras weren't working. The guards were asleep. It was a perfect storm. Uh, Not quite perfect. And the guards, one of them wasn't even a guard. No, There's a member of the administrative staff volunteering. Yeah. Well, this is what's going on in North Carolina, too, that we can't keep prison guards. We can't keep. So what happens is somebody comes in and they're coming in for a 12-hour shift, which, by the way, is too long anyway. Right. And then once there, they say, well, you can't go home because the next guy's. Didn't show. Didn't show. Right. Yeah. So people are. Well, you know, and the thing, the thing about this is remember. Okay, there's a huge controversy going on now that we're not talking about because the liberal press is, you know, the New York Times is essentially the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party. Okay, what's the the debate we're not having? Well, I mean, the thing is, is that Clinton claims, Bill Clinton claims, he was only on four flights with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. And those were all domestic flights. However... Yeah. The pilot's logs have been found. Jeffrey Epstein's pilot's log. 27 times Bill Clinton is on the pilot's logs. Many times he's without the Secret Service protection. Yeah. And every, well, I'm not going to say every single time, but many times there were underage girls also on those flights. Hmm. Now, if Epstein had been put on the stand and asked that. Oh, my. I don't know. And, all right, right, call me a conspiracy theorist, but call in if you know the number. How many people have been associated with the Clintons who have committed suicide or been murdered and the murders never solved? He went there. 
He went there. I'm in trouble now. Telephone number 919-860-9783. You know, if you have a run-of-the-mill question about uh, stub toe or a heart attack. I'm or, really good at stub toe. You stub toes? Oh, yeah. All right, good. I, not, I got a degree in stub toe. He's not going to give you a diagnosis over the radio or over the telephone, but call us up. 919-860-9783. I'll say that again. 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health on the Heart Health Radio Network. You're a fraud, you're a fake, and you are lying through your teeth. You're irrelevant, malevolent, and weak. You're fake news, fake news, fake news. You're listening to Heart Health. You're fake 919-860-9783 is our telephone number, and that's our fake news intro. What's the... What's fake in a well, pop? I saw news? this article. It's supposedly based on research. Yeah. That we stop having fun at age 45, and that's a scientific <laughs> thing. Okay, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but I'm older than 45, <laughs> and I'm having the time of my life. Yeah. And so this article purported to show, without evidence, and it was on Facebook, and sure. it was on everything else, that your peak creativity is at age six. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fine. You're sitting there being creative with blocks. <laughs> but you look at the guys and the women <laughs> who have developed these great scientific theories. It's not at age six, for gosh sakes. <laughs> now, there may be more creativity when we're younger. I mean, look at the Beatles, okay? They were sure. in their 20s. Yeah, yeah, By the yeah, time yeah. they're in their 50s, you know, the songs weren't as good. But they kept having fun. Right. And so what I hate to think is that people who read this and think, well, I'm 45, and I'm over 45, so I'm not supposed to have fun anymore. And this guy claims he's a computational neuroscientist. Sure he is. And that yeah. we become prisoners, quote unquote, of our own success, and therefore at age 45, yeah. we run out of fun. And the concept of fun goes away with lack of energy, and we have a lack of understanding of how to have fun. And... I think it's crazy. Don't let people tell you that. No, that's no. the whole point. Yeah. Is that fun, the concept of fun, it could be enjoying your work. It right. could be the hobbies you have. It could be your spouse and, you, and your relationship. What I want to say is ignore articles like this. And mm -hmm. when you're an older adult, 45 is the new 25. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Go kayaking. Kimberly, thank you very much for calling 919-860-9783 and Heart Health. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm doing okay. Great. Um, I just have a question. I don't know if you can, if this is your bailiwick or you'd be able to answer, give me some information. But I have been um, plagued, I guess you could say, with um, tinnitus for many years. She's got ringing in the ears. Uh, you want to know something Maybe really interesting? Anything that could be done about it? Yeah, I have tinnitus, horrible tinnitus. Um, when did yours start? Um, uh, quite a while ago, and yeah. it started in one ear, and then it, now it's moved into yeah. the other ear. And it's so and sad. I'm just wondering if there was anything yeah. new on the horizon to take care of it. Oh, I wish there was. Um, when I was I 18 years old, I woke up with a very high-pitched noise <laughs> in both ears. And it got better, and then it got worse. If 
And, you know, the thing that's good about me is that I can ignore it. Can you ignore your ringing or does it drive you absolutely crazy? Well, no, so far I can ignore it. Yeah. But, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you just, you hear it and you just kind of, if you concentrate on it and listen to it, it gets worse. Do you have trouble, um, like if you're in a restaurant, understanding the people around you? No, I don't have much problem with, um, uh, you know, with bad hearing. I can hear, you know, a lot of things. Well, you're lucky. For me... Um, you know a beeper? You know how that sound, that high-pitched sound? Mm-hmm. Yes. Can't hear it. Because that's the same frequency. And it, the frequencies are getting broader. That So I can't hear. In fact, the other day, the fire alarm went off of my building. And the only way I could tell was the flashing light. Oh my. Everybody I had some friends who were there, and they went nuts. They went holding their, you know, their hands over their ears. Um, what pitch is yours? Is it low-pitched or is it high-pitched? No, it's rather high. Yeah. Well, you're lucky you can still hear. Um, and that's probably because it's not as bad as some others do. And, you know, the, the, the great thing is you can ignore it. There are some people who can't ignore it, and they go nuts, and they just don't know what to do. I've been told that for that, one of the things that doctors typically do is put you on an antidepressant. Right. And it doesn't work. Unfortunately, they've, they've touted all these things. They even have hearing aids that are supposedly in anti-noise. Yeah. So it's like the frequencies cancel. I don't know if you had physics, but yeah. it doesn't work. I've tried everything. Right. And the reason why we have ringing in our ears is thought to be damage to the nerve cells in the inner ear. Believe it or not, the brain produces the noise. Mm-hmm. And, when you, and when you don't have anything coming into your ear, the noise is suppressed. Mm-hmm. So when that that eardrum starts to vibrate, it sends the signals to let the noise in your brain come through. So what they think is that the nerve cells for the high frequencies in our ears mm-hmm. are damaged and can't send the signal which inhibits the noise. So you can see how difficult that would be to cure um, right. because you would have to have some sort of brain implant to continually produce a signal at that high frequency. Now, I'm going to have to have something called a cochlear implant someday. Mm-hmm. Both of my sisters have them, and we all had the same problem. I think maybe God didn't want Chinese people to marry Norwegians or something. <laughs> but um, it's a very serious problem. And, and all, all, um, this is another thing about fake news. Yeah. If you see on Facebook, do you, do you look at Facebook? Occasionally. Yeah, there are always these articles that come up. Cure your tinnitus. Send us $200. Yeah. You might as well take your money and flush it down the toilet. There's no effective cure. Now, what my sisters say when they had their cochlear implants is the tinnitus went away. Mm -hmm. And that may be because of the way a cochlear implant works. They put hundreds of tiny little metal stimulators in the semicircular, I mean, in, in the cochlea, which is where our nerve cells for hearing exist, mm-hmm. and then they stimulate. And so that may be the only real cure for tinnitus, but it's a dramatic one because they have to kill your normal ear. Right. Yeah. And so I feel for you. I have so your do problem. You, um, do you um, know, will it get, can it get worse as you get older? Mine has gotten extremely worse. And I'm, I'm a high-functioning... Uh, I wouldn't say I'm deaf. Um, low pitch sounds. 
I can hear a freight train 10 miles away that nobody else knows is coming. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I'm yeah so I'm very way. picked up. I can up, hear a lot yeah, of things. That nobody else can uh, hear, but they're low-frequency sounds. Yeah. And so, like, the last time I heard a cricket chirp yeah. was probably 40 years ago. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't have that problem. Yeah. So you're lucky. I mean, it, it, and I'm not saying that you that you shouldn't feel um, that you want to get this cured. Mine's really bad. And so I have to, I don't know if you do. Can you read lips like I can? No. Okay. So my hearing is so bad. It, well, I hear the noise, but I cannot distinctly understand the speech. So yeah. if I'm looking at you, I can use all sorts of cues. Lip reading along with the noise. So I'm lying there in, in, in the living room being lazy with mm-hmm. my glasses off and my ex is saying some things that maybe I didn't necessarily want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> and my young daughter is there too and she says, Dad, Mom is talking to you. So I put my glasses on and I understand her. Yeah. And she goes, yeah. you're the, my daughter goes, you're the weirdest human being in the world. You've got to put your glasses <laughs> on to hear. <laughs> well, if I know... Um, do me a favor. Um, give when you come off. Give your phone number to our person Jason. in the booth. Yeah. And then what I'm going to do, or your email, because I'm going to email you if I hear anything that works for tinnitus. Okay, I'll do that. And thanks for calling. Okay, thank Kimberly, you, Kimberly. Thank you. Have and a great j- time. And just to reinforce, Doctor Weefold is not trying to build his business here. He's not trying to attract uh, any. Uh, patients into his door. I got too many. He's got too many. Yeah. So uh, if you want to, again, talk to us just like Kimberly did, go ahead and dial this number, 919-860-9783. And hopefully they won't call with a disease I have. Now back to Heart Health with Dr. Franklin Weefold on AM680 WPTF. Where we've already talked about some scientists saying... You can't have fun after 45. Well. Clearly, he's never been in this studio yeah, during the right. show. Hey, I'm not 45. You're over 45. Oh, come on. Stop it. Okay. We're not You're supposed not. to be upset about age. Anyway, listen. The yeah. Baby boomers are growing older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so we have, that's a huge population. So I think it's 60-some million. Mm-hmm. And where they, why they call them baby boomers? Because after World War II, yeah. from... That point in time till about 1963, there was a huge burst of population. I was born in that era. Yes. I'm a baby boomer. So that population is aging. We're living longer. So there's going to be a lot more people with heart failure. And -hmm. it's not because the heart failure is, by percentage-wise, getting worse. It's just the total numbers. And heart failure is a tough disease. What does that mean? It usually means your heart pump cannot pump strong enough. It's weak and flabby, either from, and most of the time it's from previous heart attacks. So maybe, just maybe, there won't be this huge increase in heart failure. There'll be an increase, but it won't be huge. Now, what's the problem? We can treat with medicines. We get rid of extra fluid that builds up because the heart's not pumping. Mm -hmm. We can use medicines to reduce the blood pressure so that the heart can pump out against a less resistance. Yeah. Great new medicine called Entresto. If you have heart failure, talk to your doctor about whether it's good for you because I think it's a great drug. I was skeptical, mm-hmm. and it's expensive, of course, but most comp- insurance companies are covering it. Well, what's the end result of heart failure? It's been a heart transplant. And unfortunately, it, they work great because of medicines that reduce the body's 
perceiving that this new heart in your body is a foreign substance like a bacteria mm-hmm. and attacking it and destroying it. And so that's called immunosuppression. The biggest problem with immunosuppression is that it suppresses you from fighting off bacteria. Well, there's some great medicines, some great docs that follow it, and they fine-tune the immunosuppression based on these biopsies of the heart. It works great. But what's the problem? Well, you got to have a heart. Yeah, there aren't enough. So if you're out there, be a donor. Okay, just be a donor. Now, one of the reasons that the heart transplants are starting to be an uptick is because, unfortunately, a lot of people are dying from drug overdoses. And there's nothing wrong with their hearts. The problem with that was originally they had hepatitis C. Yeah. Well, this is a great, great time um, if you're going to have to need a heart transplant, and the hearts are with hepatitis C, we have drugs that cure hepatitis C now. So what they're doing with kidneys and livers, that yeah. normally they'd throw these organs away because they were infested with hep C, they're transplanting them, waiting for the hep C to rear its ugly head, and then giving the hep C cure. Wow. Now, that is fantastic. Again, rail against modern medicine all you want. <laughs> no, I don't. This is unbelievably good. But there is something new beyond right. that. Let me just mention that, that you're hearing from Dr. Franklin Weefald of Millennia Cardiovascular. Uh, telephone lines are open. That uh, waiting room uh, of the radio is empty. 919-860-9783 is the number. So Next step. The holy grail of heart failure beyond heart transplants was the artificial heart. So mm-hmm. we've talked about this before. I have, I have given a high five shout out to Rusty Gilbert. Rusty's heart went to poop and it just went bad and he'd had multiple heart attacks. Is that the clinical term? No. No, okay, that's all right, the, sorry. That's the weefy term. I, I like to speak in words in that patients understand. So what happens when... So your heart just doesn't pump anymore. Okay. You, can't, you can't produce a blood pressure. You can't... They call, okay, you want to use a fancy term, perfuse blood to your body. You can't yeah. pump blood to your body. So tell me what and happened to Rusty. So Rusty was failing. And so he went to Duke, and that's where I trained. And I've mm-hmm. still got, I'm going to shout out Stuart Russell, who was also at Hopkins with me. And Stuart is a, a, one of the big honchos. I like to use that term. Yeah. Um, Grand Poobah. Uh, if you've watched the Flintstones, you know what I, I know, yes. So Stu's the grand poobah, and Stu got this guy, Rusty Gilbert, a left ventricular assist device, also known as an LVAD. Now, we've talked about this before, but you stick a, a tube in the tip of the heart, you take the blood out of the tip of the heart, you run it through a propeller. I mean, it's a propeller, mm-hmm. and it shoots it out the other end, and it shoots it into your aorta. Mm-hmm. So it's basically assisting the left ventricle, but it's basically taking most of the blood, if not all of the blood, into this propeller and shooting it into the aorta. This was originally developed as a bridge to transplant. So the people who were sick as all get out mm-hmm. and were waiting for a heart as a last resort would get this pump. Well, guess what? Hmm. It works. Not only as a last resort. Rusty's had his for three years. I've had other patients for five years. And and I think, and Stuart may correct me, I want to have him on the show one day. Yeah. I think permanent placement of these left ventricular assist devices is up and coming. And the problem with the LVADs we have now is that the tube has to come out of your chest to power it. So you carry around a sack that's got a battery yeah. and the powering device. Well, Medtronic which is a great company 
they have produced the defibrillators and the pacemakers that were pioneers. There are other companies that produce pacemakers and defibrillators now. They have come up with a totally implanted left ventricular assist device. So it'll have a battery inside your body that is rechargeable and the whole thing will be inside your body. Nothing will be hanging out. And I think if we're going to have all these millennials yeah. getting heart failure, yeah. if we're not going to have enough hearts to transplant, I predict that this will be a destination therapy. And by that, I mean, you get your LVAD and you're done and you're really? going to live. And Rusty does yeah. everything he wants to do. Now, he didn't want to do much. <laughs> I'm kidding, Rusty. Yeah. But everything he wants to do, Rusty does. I saw him just this week. Yeah. He got his blood test. You have to be on a blood thinner or an anticoagulant. Yeah. It has to be very well regulated. But I'm telling you, the guy is having fun. And he's, yeah. his creativity and fun yeah. is only getting better. Good. There is a story about a woman who is now living in Germany. I understand she's an American. She went to Germany to study and she's not coming home. She ain't coming home. Why? She has type 1 diabetes, yeah. and she can't afford the insulin in the United States of America, which I see wow. as not only a shame, but a crying shame. I mean, insulin was developed in England, but it was Eli Lilly. I know, Canada. I'm sorry. I'm betraying yeah. my lack of knowledge. Eli Lilly yeah. and company worked with these, these people and produced the first commercially available insulin. Lily now, I think, should hang their head in shame because of the pricing structure of insulin. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 900 to $1,200 a month. Some of my patients have to pay for their insulin. And there's wow. no reason for it except pure greed. I mean, they're making billions upon billions of money, of uh, dollars on mm -hmm. these things. Now, Germany, same drug. Yeah. Same exact drug. One-tenth of the price. Wow. And it's ridiculous. And I'm sorry. I believe in America. You obviously know I'm a conservative. You obviously know that I believe in free enterprise. But they're killing the goose that laid our golden egg. And yeah. we have a great economy. Now, why does this happen? Obamacare. Um, okay, I'm going to blame it on Obamacare. Mm -hmm. Because when they went to this, this Obamacare option, mm -hmm. there was going to be negotiations of prices. Okay. Yes, I remember and, that. And, and all of a sudden, there were a couple of senators, maybe five, that hung their votes on getting rid of that you know, restriction on how much the drug companies could, could charge. Yeah. And that Medicare can't even negotiate what the prices are. And guess what? Large companies, large drug companies were in those senators' districts. Yes. So... I'm all for the outrage of the insulin users. And they, they don't have an option. Right. They have to have their insulin. And, you know, have you heard anybody screaming about insulin prices? I, I didn't. Well, guess I what? What? Yeah, remember we talked about the do-it-yourself insulin pump? Yeah, we need to talk about that because yes. it's, it's another story. But so insulin, in my insurance company... Absorbing oh, that. Oh, no, wait a minute. If you have commercial insurance, sure. it's the, they'll pay for it. Okay. And you can even get these discount cards. Yeah. And this is the craziness of our system that it's called a rebate. 
So if you have a commercial insurance uh, plan, Blue Cross Blue Shield can negotiate the price with Eli Lilly and get it down to a reasonable amount. So they take the $900 charge and whittle it down to 200 through what's called a rebate. And it just makes no sense. It's craziness. So if you have commercial insurance and you're a diabetic, great. You're going to get your insulin. Oh, good. But if you don't have uh, a Medicare Part D plan that covers your insulin in in a way that you can afford it, I've got a guy that I get samples and I, he basically, the only way he can afford his insulin is what, do you, what I give him. And wow. I'm not giving it to him. Yeah. The company is giving me a free sample. Yeah. And I'm giving it to the patient. Man. Which is what you're right. And well, it's I don't know. It may, okay. it may end. If the, if the powers that be and the, the medical community tell me I can't do it anymore, yeah. I mean, it's going to be terrible for the patient. But now there are some people who are creating their own insulin. You know, we talked, if you remember, we talked about the people creating their own insulin pumps. Counterculture labs. Now, they sound like the kind of people that I might not support politically, but guess what? <laughs> I support them medically. They are knowledgeable. Yeah. They have figured out what the amino acid structure of insulin is. They have been trained in molecular biology like myself. Mm-hmm. And they are, they are, they've got some... Fly by not fly by night. They've got some labs and some old buildings that they've converted into their own, yeah. you know, medical production facility, and they're growing their own insulin. They More power to them. Sounds like this exactly the same group of people who, in a different day or a different mood, would be making beer. Yes, they would be home brewing, and they would be make a make a really boss IPA, and they'd put a great label right. on it. Right. But and instead, so, they're doing insulin. You know, as much as I don't believe in the counterculture, no, no, I am sure a it's... true blue American. Yes. Okay, red-blooded, yes. hot-dog-eating, baseball-watching yes. American. Shout out to Counterculture Labs. <laughs> make this insulin. Right. And, and then they... give it away for free. And they make a wheat beer that is so <laughs> delicious. It's what, so you want delicious. To know something? What? It's a yeast. It's a yeast. It's a, is they, it? they, they do genetically yeast. modify a yeast <laughs> to produce insulin. Okay, it's good. I like and it. I love it. Counterculture Labs, keep at it. And the insulin has six point nine percent alcohol. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But it but, doesn't. but if it if it did, that well, would be you know, great. you give yourself a shot. That would be okay. And you're nice and happy. All right. 919-860-9783 is the telephone number on the Heart Health Radio Network. You know you make me wanna shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back and shout. Come on now, don't You're listening to Heart Health on the Heart Health Radio Network, and who are we shouting out today, Doctor Westfall or well, Doctor Weefall? I've got two patients who are yeah. absolutely amazing. You know, hemophilia and hemophilia is many types, but the main type is you're missing something called factor eight, okay. and the hemophilia factor eight is one of the things that helps you clot. The um, the Romanoffs, you know, the last czars, his son had factor eight deficiency hemophilia. Yeah. You bleed. And so Dennis Moore is in his 70s. Yeah. And they didn't have real treatments for hemophilia until recently. And Dennis also has severe heart disease. And he's given me permission to talk about the fact that he's had a heart attack and mm-hmm. that they have done a look-see to try to find out if there's something they can fix in his heart. He has severe blockages everywhere. Wow. He's living every day. 
he comes in smiling. He hasn't had a major bleed in a while because they developed a treatment now that replaces the, the clotting factor he doesn't have. And he preaches. He, he teaches Sunday school and he preaches. And I've never seen him not smile. Excellent. And his heart, this is another example of even if you have severe blockages, your heart can be trained. It's called ischemic preconditioning, which means that it's get, it gets used to the lack of blood flow mm-hmm. and it accommodates it. So, Dennis, if you're listening, shout out to you. You're one of my most amazing patients. And I haven't looked this up, but he's in his 70s. He may be one of the longest living patients with hemophilia wow. in the world. And I'm proud to be one of his physicians. And then the second one is Josephine Perdue. Josephine has a genetic problem that we haven't quite figured it out. She puts cholesterol in every single artery of her body. Wow. I mean, you should see the arteries in her brain, the arteries in her neck, the arteries in her heart, the arteries in her leg. They're all clogged up with cholesterol. She has had heart attacks. She's had stents. She's had everything you can possibly imagine. And she just had a recent stroke, very serious stroke. She had it in my office, came in. I put her in the hospital. She's made a tremendous recovery. I mean, just sheer willpower. And she may still be a little weak, but she's walking, talking at home, fussing with her husband, Charles, who's also my patient. Mm -hmm. So the shout outs today are really about people who have serious health problems, who don't wallow in self-pity, who move forward enjoy their lives Mm -hmm. and realize that there's more to life than just having perfect health. Mm -hmm. You can have imperfect health and be happy. Excellent. Terrific. Great. Uh, That's uh, Dennis and Josephine. We've got... uh, You're not a big fan of computerized medical records. I hate them. Well, what's going on with that? Well, let me tell you, back in the day, uh, and I still do this, when we didn't have to justify everything we bill, and it's all about money now. Yeah. Um, Obama got on TV and said, we're going to pay for Obamacare by getting rid of the fraudulent physician charges. Sure. And so what happened? His wife's best buddy created Epic, which is the Epic disaster. Epic is the medical record thing. Yeah. And it's all designed about having to document what you're charging the federal government for Medicare. That's why all the typing while you're in the doctor's office. So what happens? We used to be you walked into your physician's office, you sat down, he or she looked you in the eye with a little piece of paper and made notes and talked to you and actually was your physician. Now you walk in, their back is to you, they're typing at a desk, they're shouting over the side of their head because they are owned by corporations, the doctors are, and they have to justify, like any good corporate citizen, why they're charging you $86 for a level four office visit. Yeah. And they spend five minutes with you and say, they, they reach behind themselves and say, I just sent your prescriptions to the pharmacy through my electronic sure, medical yes, record. Yes. I'll see you next time. They go into their little cubicle and type up or use Dragon voice recognition software. Yeah. I refuse. I refuse. You, yeah. If you come into my office, I am not going to have a computer with me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a pad and pencil. I'm going to have printed versions of your medical. I kill three trees a day. Okay? That's fine. That's but good. I That's recycle good. the paper. Sure. And I'm going to look at you just like I'm looking at you right now, David yeah. Alexander. Yeah. And I can see that you missed a couple of hairs when you shaved the other day. Uh, yes, I you did. You don't know how important those little details are. Yeah. And the other thing is, I'm going to ask you to tell me your story. 
okay? Yeah. Because it's the story that matters. Do we have time to tell you a little story? Yeah, tell me too. So I had a guy, story, and yeah. he hasn't given me permission to use his name, so I won't. He comes in, long-term patient, said, I, I looked at his head and said, what's that injury? I fell down. And I went to the emergency room. I got staples in my head. I said, tell me the story as I fell down. I said, tell me the story. Turns out he was urinating. He finished urinating. He had been holding on to it, and he passed out. That's a very specific syndrome. So I hooked him up to EKG, and I did what's called a carotid sinus massage. And for another day, I'll explain why. But these two things, a full bladder and pressing on your neck, can induce a negative inhibitory effect on your heart rate. I touched his neck, and he went he went flat line. He went flat. Almost had to do CPR. Wow. So the point I'm trying to make is if I were a physician, you had to hurry up and get the billing justified. Yeah. I wouldn't have wanted him to tell me the story because that takes up time. I got to go run and type up my note. Yeah, he came in for something else. Right. Why bother I saw. with anything else? I mean, you might not have even seen the staples in his head. Right. So patients out there listening, get your money's worth. I dare you. I want you. Tell your physician to get off the computer, turn around, and look at me. Bad advice, though, for you. If you want to get on your computer and listen to this show, you can do so at Apple Podcasts or WPTF.com. You can find the articles that we mention here on HeartHealthRadio.com. That's it for Heart Health. I'm sad. Yeah, sorry. This is my favorite Moment of the, no, of the the time of the year. The proceeding was meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action on what was just discussed, consult your medical doctor.